right. Hello, everybody. To the Trouble with the Snap podcast, I am Tyler Hayward with Jeremy Files. Uh, Jeremy was not with us, so before we get into his bread and butter, his area of expertise, so to speak, with the Michigan Wolverines, uh, Jeremy, you listened to uh, Anthony Ayani and myself as uh, we ultimately kind of wrapped up Michigan State's basketball season, getting ready for what's probably going to be the most interesting offseason we've seen for either team in a long, long time. Uh, You know, I just want to get your two cents. You know, did you have anything that uh, you maybe wanted to add that maybe we didn't cover? Uh, I think we all pretty much are on the same page with it. I mean, I think a couple things I did want to say was, you know, I, I think it's just one of those years where um, it's we have to be basic with this thing a little bit. You know, like I know that's not fun, but that's pretty much who we are. We just kind of tell it how it is. Uh, when you lose Cassius Winston and you lose Xavier Tillman, it's hard to replace that. And I just think they never could fully do it this year. And I think next year it will be a collective unit where, hey, look, we found out last year that, you know, we just can't do it with one or two guys, you know, we can't have Aaron Henry be the guy every night to count on. We need five guys. We need three guys, at least on offense. So I think that this will be a learning experience for Michigan state where they're going to have to do it collectively. They're going to have to be much tougher defensively. They're going to have to go back to who they are. And, but I, I do think that that was the big problem still this year. They didn't have a guy that could run the show. We talked about it all year. And I think it really doomed them because look, you know, I, I don't want to ever blame it on one guy because that's not how team sports work, but, this is a prime example when, you know, Mark Rocket Watts has the basketball, you know, and he's not running the show at the end of the game, Tyler, against UCLA. They got to put in a freshman who shouldn't be in that position. You know, that would be almost like taking Mike Smith out and saying, okay, Zeb Jackson, you're going to have to win a, a March Madness game. <laughs> you know, it's just, yes. it doesn't happen. Winston couldn't even do that his first two years. So, Let's just uh, understand that part. I do think they'll be fine. But, uh, you know, there's just a lot of things they're going to have to fix for next year. Yeah, and uh, like we said, it's going to be an interesting offseason because I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of attrition just based upon the numbers, who's talking to who um, in regards to, uh, you know, conversations about Michigan State uh, connecting with John Harr um, from Penn State and that type of situation. You know, all of those numbers, in addition to the freshmen that are coming in, potentially a fourth in Amoni Bates, potentially. Uh, you know, you're looking at at least seven guys out the door, and Michigan State's only got one senior. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the roster looks like next season. But look, uh, you know, like I said, we talked about that, uh, I think last Friday. Um, Michigan, since then, has had their first tournament game and beat Texas Southern. Texas Southern, look, they're not good. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to discredit Michigan, but I remember a couple of years ago, I don't think they won a non-conference road game in like four years until they beat Michigan State or something stupid like that in the 2014-2015 season. Uh where, you know, even though Michigan State lost to them, they did end up going to the Final Four that year. But it it's not a good team. And, I mean, I told you, I 
my wife took uh, the kid out and wanted to go outside and stuff like that. After the first three minutes, I was like, yeah, I'm going outside too because I can kind of tell how this game's going to go. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that um... – you know, they did not, Michigan did not play all that well. Um, they just, they had a little bit of a size advantage, obviously. And, and uh, Mike Smith continues to play really well. Um, I think the big thing that I noticed uh, defensively, there was a lot of breakdowns. And, and that was something where this year they really have defended well for most of the season. Uh, they can't have any slip ups tomorrow. Uh, LSU is just far too talented offensively. Thomas is an absolute top five pick, in my opinion, if you had to ask me. At 27 um, you know, a handful yesterday. Yeah, you know, and he was just amazing in the SEC title game. Uh, and they're going to have to extend. They were, you know, listened to a lot of different, you know, pods and different people talking. And I'm going to give a shout out to Chris Young, who who talks a lot with, uh, obviously, Tom Crawford, who's been a part of this rivalry. So, you know, we want to give our dues to people that are part of this. And Chris made a great point. Though, as a former player, you know, they were closing out on a bad shooting team. So maybe they're already thinking of LSU. we got to get out on shooters. They're giving up far too many drives and easy baskets, and they're also giving up a lot of offensive rebounds during that game at certain times. You can't do that tomorrow. I mean, LSU is just way too talented. Uh, when you lose livers, what the big problem is, you know, we talked about it last year. He's a good defender, another guy that can guard multiple positions. So uh, I'm not going to lie, Tyler. I'm very nervous about this game, very worried about this game, considering how good LSU is. I do think LSU is not a great defensive team, though, and they've proven that all year. So I think if we can hit shots and we can move the ball, we can just stop them and contest everything and make it tough and not give second-chance opportunities. I think Michigan can win, but that's a lot to ask because that's a really good team. I, I just think this team has not played great, Tyler, probably since I'd say the Iowa game at home, but that was a home game. You know, this is a neutral court technically, I guess. <laughs> Um, you know, even though Michigan may have an advantage here, but, uh, you know, I just don't know you're losing livers eventually will catch up to you. I, I just think it will. And then I think it could happen tomorrow. And, uh, Michigan has to hit chefs. Wagner has to play better. He has to play really well. Um, I will say this, it was very nice to see Zeb Jackson hit a couple shots. Yeah. yeah. You know, a guy at the bench who hasn't played much this year. So that was a good uh, sign for the future. But, man, tough, tough game tomorrow for Michigan. Yeah, and uh, I, I think one of the things that we've talked about earlier is, you know, the SEC is just full of athletes. It's a very NBA style. Um, you know, a lot of athletes, um, less sets, a little more one-on-one, um, physical only when you get into the paint. You know, you – uh, something you said earlier when we were talking is, uh, you know, Mike Smith's not going to – there's not a Mike Smith in the SEC who's going to put his hand on you the second you cross half court. Right. No, there's no question. I mean, I think the styles are different, but we're finding out the hard way, you know, as, as Big Ten fans per se, our, our style doesn't always win. I mean, look at Illinois right now. is They're getting out physical, which is shocking, but Loyola obviously is great program, but – point is these these contrasting styles sometimes do affect us in a negative way you know i think we've seen that with michigan state you know i i hate to bring up the past but look middle tennessee state they hit a bunch of threes they were running fast around the perimeter they're a different style you don't you know you don't customly see in the big 10 where it's 
more of a half court game probably, unless you're getting against Illinois who can push the ball. But, you know, really I think it, it's different and you don't get the scouting aspect, right? Uh, Michigan will be very well prepared to play LSU. I mean, they're going to scout them well. And I think that, you know, they have played some teams somewhat similar, I guess, but uh, they haven't played anybody like Thomas though. They just haven't. And um, he's the big one. And, and that's, I talked about this a lot this year, Tyler, where, look, I thought this year's team was going to be not the best, right? I think we're starting to see some things that we thought could be a problem this year with depth, right? If Franz Wagner gets into some foul trouble or Eli Brooks gets into some foul trouble, someone guarding Thomas, you know, you get two quick fouls. That's a huge, huge problem now with Livers gone. So that's the worry for me is that we can't apply physical pressure. Again, I hate to say it, but the refs play a part of this. How are they going to call the game? Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be a part of it, too. So, look, I, I'm i just going to say it. I mean, I've said, I picked against Michigan a lot this year, and I'm kind of saying it's a good luck thing. But to be an honest basketball fan, I do think LSU has a huge advantage in this game without livers for Michigan. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, he gives you that ability to switch one through four is what he gives you. And I, I think that that helps us not maybe so much against – LSU is this is a uh, more athletic team that doesn't run these sets, but you know, these sets that you're watching. Okay. Well right now, um, I know you're going to listen to this later, but Jeremy and I both have Loyola, Chicago, Illinois. On. And if you're watching uh, yeah. Loyola run these sets that, you know, you don't see a lot in uh in a lot of these more uh, contemporary style uh, offenses, you know, you don't see it a lot from Juwan Howard. And so against LSU. Oh, another turnover for Illinois. Another one. And another one. But this is a, uh, it's a very interesting tournament. And look, matchups are a massive part of this. Does Michigan have the athleticism to hang? Because one of the things that I saw yesterday, um, you know, you go back, you can look at the stat line. Hunter Dickinson, two rebounds. Um, Austin Davis, two rebounds. They had six rebounds from their bigs. Six. You can't do that against LSU. You need to get on that defensive glass. No, there's no question. I mean, I you know, you're you're sitting here. You you watch some of these teams, and the one thing that I know it's been brought up a lot by a lot of different people, but it, it's the bottom line truth. When you're playing tight and you're in these type of matchups where, you know, you're playing a team that really has nothing to lose. Now, look, LSU technically doesn't have anything to lose. They're the they're the eighth seed, right? You know, they're the right. team that Michigan's number one, and they're supposed to possibly make the Final Four and all this stuff. And their path got a is, little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like the bottom line is like we're we're watching it now with Loyola. They come into these games and they they just put it all on the line. They go, let's just let's just have fun and play hard and play aggressive and play physical, crash the glass, and let's just see what happens. And and the other team who's supposed to win gets tight. I mean, we see it over and over in this tournament. That's why it's such a beautiful tournament. And, and these teams are good, man. I mean, you you look at Oral Roberts; they can play. I mean. Adeline Christian last night, they can play. I mean, they they're def- they defend, and they give up 50, what, seven points per game or something. Loyola gives up 55 points per game, and right now they're on track to, 
to holding Illinois to under that. So these are really good teams, and they're teams that you don't see every day, and you don't scout. Like the Big Ten, we're so well scouted, right? We know what Tom's going to run. We now already kind of have an idea what Jawan wants to do on offense and defense. We know he's going to pick up full sometimes out of breaks. He's going to run a little zone. You know that. You know, so we, we're well scouted in this conference, and, and we know how it's called. We know how physical it's going to be, and you just know each other so well. You get into these games where it's one game and you don't have a ton of preparation, and even though you scout and you watch them, you don't feel them. You don't know exactly what Loyola does. Like, I don't think people realize just how good Loyola defends. I think they forget that these guys will pick you up. They'll switch everything. And on offense, they'll give it to a big, and they do a lot of dribble handoff over and over and over. They move the ball around the perimeter fast. They got kids that can shoot. I mean, every game is tough. And I think with Michigan, even yesterday, you know, Texas Southern was fast. They got by them a lot. They got to the paint. And that, that's not good because LSU is really fast. And, you know, they can really get to the paint, and, and they can finish, and they can score. They got better individual players. Um, I, I don't like this game, Tyler. I mean, I don't like this game even with Liller, Livers. And I just don't think it's a good matchup because not only are they very good on the perimeter, they're big. They're big on the perimeter. And uh, I think we're going to have some problems. And like I said, you know, like I don't want to be the guy that is superstitious all the time. I've picked against Michigan a lot. I'm just going to say, look, I, I'm not even going to make a prediction. I just think Michigan has to do a lot of things really well that they haven't, or they're not going to win. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, um, taking care of the ball, I think, is the big thing against the speed of this, um, the SEC. And I think that, uh, you know, that's obviously where Mike Smith shines. You know, that's his – you know, it's his ball to take care of, and that's what he does. He does such a good job of it. And so I think having uh, having a transfer like that um, is just monumental in regards to the type of stuff that you're going to see, you know, having that senior leadership against an athletic team. Now, I think the one part where I'd be a little bit concerned is what team does LSU most mimic? Look, no two teams are the same. They all play different. All have different defensive philosophies. No middle or driving to the weekend or, you know, there's a lot of different things. Uh, There's just a lot of different everything that you're going to see from every different team. The team that I think LSU most looks like is Illinois. Athletes all over. The, oh, there's no question. Uh, athletes all over the floor, and we saw what Illinois did to Michigan, and that that's the concerning thing for me. There's no question. I mean, honestly, I hope they're doing what me and you are doing right now. They're watching the Loyola Illinois game, and they're watching what Loyola's doing, where they're they're playing very patient on offense and on defense. They're really getting after them. You have to do that. Like Loyola right now is getting everything they want on offense methodically. You know, we're going to get it to the guys we want. We're not going to turn the ball over. And on defense, we are going to just be ball hogs. You have to do that tomorrow if you're Michigan. You know, this is a great game to watch. You know, and and uh, this could be an example of what Michigan could do to LSU. Absolutely, LSU and Illinois are so similar. I mean, they have athletic guards, wings, they run. Um, you, you know, they can push the ball on the break. 
They got length on the perimeter. Um, they have more length on the perimeter than Illinois does because, you know, they got guys bigger than Trent Frazier. But like Io and, and Thomas, same type of size, right? But Thomas is better. You know, he, he can just score. I mean, he can really shoot. But no, they've seen this type of style, you know. They uh, and, and I would say, you know, Michigan State doesn't play like LSU, but they have the same type of athleticism. Mm-hmm. So Michigan has played against that a little bit. They've seen that type of length. Rocket and um, Brown and Henry you know, and, in the backcourt. Sure, guys that can get to the paint when they want, that are very fast and athletic. So you hear that, Rocket? That. When you so, want. Yeah, no, you Illinois is a team. Yeah, if you ever try to, that'd be awesome. But, uh, no, if you're watching the Loyola game like we are, they are just getting to their spots, and they're taking care of the ball. Michigan has to do that tomorrow against a very athletic team. So, you know, we'll see what happens in this. And, uh, you know, you're hoping that LSU misses a lot of shots like Illinois is right now. You know, Illinois, and and here we go, Loyola, as we're watching this, gets another and one. His sister Jean claps her hands and goes crazy. Um, this tournament's so much fun, isn't it? I mean, oh. you got to come out every game and play well. Michigan has to play better than they've played the last, you know, I'll say month, you know, or, or two or three weeks, let's say, to be fair. They have to be much more solid on both sides of the floor and, um, you know, or they're in trouble, bottom line. Yeah, and look, the rebounding's the big thing for me. The, because, like I said, you did not see – the bigs for Michigan get those boards. And you have to do that, you know, because it's always the it's a whole offense wins games, defense wins championships mentality. And you know, it's not just defense, it's those little things, it's those execution things, you know. If you get lazy and start settling for jump shots, Aaron Henry, it becomes a little bit of a problem. If you miss yeah. a cut out on a free throw, Aaron Henry, it becomes a little bit of a problem. And Michigan needs yep. to cut them out. And they need to get those rebounds. They need to be fundamental with it. Um, they have obvious Michigan obviously has more talent. Uh, one through six, I'll say. Um, without yeah. livers. One through seven with livers. And, you know, you have certain guys who I think match up stylistically speaking in a Shondi Brown who I think is just absolutely fantastic Um, Mike Smith doesn't really match up but the way he plays defense can cause a lot of problems for these uh, turnover prone teams like uh, you see in the SEC Um. Yeah, but but you know Wagner is going to need to cut out as Brandon Johns needs to cut out, and Brandon Johns I think is oh boy. Here's the thing: is he he's physical when it benefits him, and I think because we don't see it all the time, yeah. we don't give him all the credit that he maybe deserves a little bit in regards to this. Um, in regards to what he does on the backboard, what he does inside, what he does defensively. We, we don't give him a ton of credit because he doesn't do it all the time. If he's in a rhythm, he's in a rhythm. And he can be one of the better players on 
the floor in regards to doing the little things right. And you, you oh, absolutely, yeah, he, he just doesn't do it all the time. And I think that that's a problem. And he's, if Michigan wants to win, it's going to be on him. Well, he's a huge piece. Obviously, he's he's the one guy that he has to play the best he possibly can play. He has to have great moments, um, and, and they're trying really hard to give him as much confidence as possible. I mean, he has eleven points and two rebounds, and it was almost like he had a James Harden, LeBron James type game. I mean, that's how they hyped it up in the free press. So I was like, okay, you know that. Hey, it is a good game for him. Um, and look, yeah, we probably minimize him a little too much, me in particular. But I do know that last year, the one thing that I will say for him, he did have this experience last year. You know, he came in when Livers got hurt. He played really well at times. He was much more consistent as a starter. I do think Juwan made the right move to keep Brown off the bench because uh, Johns was really good as a starter last year in the absence of Livers. So this is kind of like familiar territory for these guys, right? So he has to really defend without fouling. That's a big thing that concerns me is he's a 3-4 guy. He's going to guard really athletic guys tomorrow. He can't pick up two quick fouls. Now, Terrence Williams uh, had some decent moments this year. You know you know how I've raved about him a lot this year because for a freshman to come in and have some good moments is, is huge. Um, he's a little stronger, obviously, in the post. He's going to have to get some minutes. But Brandon Johns is by far the most important piece right now because, yeah, you lose livers. He's got to hit shots. He's been known at times to make some plays. Um, He's going to have to really defend in rebounding, though. Like you just, I'm going to keep talking about that because they got to rebound really well, and they got to hit shots. And and I when I watch LSU, Tyler, I watch them against Alabama, right? And they give up a lot of open looks. I mean, you have a lot of good looks, and that's why I'm like, man, with Livers, you you can't give up those looks against Michigan because those are threes, man. Those are wide open threes, and you've got four three point shooters. Right now, they got three. Um, now, if you play Brown, so if you got Smith, Brooks, Brown, and Wagner at the same time, yeah, you got four shooters. I think they're going to have to realize, look, Brandon Johns is is huge, but we got to play those four I just mentioned with a big, a lot of minutes. You have to play shooters against LSU because I don't think they're going to get a lot of great looks in the paint. Now, I think Hunter can play really well inside. He's got a little bit of advantage. LSU is not great inside, but they are athletic inside. LSU is more of a very athletic wing-type team, guard forwards. And I think if they can hit open shots, though, with those four guys I mentioned, they can win, absolutely. And we've seen Michigan, when they hit shots, look how, how good do they look when they're hitting those open threes. I mean, they look great. So Brown has to play more minutes. And Jawan's going to have to realize, look, if, if Brandon's not giving me what I know we need in the absence of livers, I'm going to have to put Brown in a few minutes right away. Like maybe I take a little page from Tom Izzo's book. Yep, it ain't working. Buzz, sub. Get him out there with, you know, three minutes into the first half. You know, Shandre Brown, Tyler, he came in the uh, last game with 12 minutes to go or 11.55, I think, in the first half. You, you can't do that tomorrow. You, you can't play Brandon Johns eight straight minutes. It's just not going to happen. Like it's not going to work. Like, he can't guard those guys. So, you know, look, in a perfect world, Brandon Johns comes out, hits two or three open threes, <laughs> gets four rebounds, you know, gives you 10, 11 points. But it's not a perfect world. So I'm not expecting yeah, that. Yeah, he, he's one of those guys who 
you know, he, he is an enigma. We talked about how good he did against, you know, Michigan State in the first game they played this year. And then the second game, they, uh, you know, second game, he played awful, and it was Julie Hauser who played good. And just look at the <laughs> wins and losses from that game, from that series. And then you'll get an idea of, you know, how pivotal he can be. Now, one of the things that one of the things we've talked about previously on the show is the ability. Look, Michigan's not playing good right now. They're not. They didn't play good yesterday. They got off to a hot start, but they did not finish the game strong, gave up 42 points in the second half. So they're not. I mean, so that, I mean, look, beat Texas Southern by 16. Look, winning is winning in the tournament. And that is all that matters. Okay. I don't want people to like misconstrue what I'm saying. Survive in advance. You know, if you win six straight games yeah. by one point, who gives a crap? <laughs> you know, you're still. You're... Well, what do we see? Sorry for cutting you off, but just a quick little reminder, and I'll let you keep touching on this. This is a good point. Remember, remember when they made the Final Four? I mean, without Jordan Poole's shot against Houston, it's over the first weekend. They played terrible those first two games. They did not play well. Then they started rolling a little bit, Sweet 16, Elite A. But, yeah, I mean, surviving yeah, uh, fans, no question. You can go back to 2000. Michigan State played Florida. Mike Miller hit a shot in that first round. That carried him. That like at the buzzer that won the game. You know, <laughs> without that, yeah. playing somebody else in the uh, championship, probably North Carolina. And so... Right. Because Florida obviously would have been knocked out in round one. I think that was Butler that gave him a run? <clears throat> yeah, no, it was Butler. I mean, I hate to, you know... We like to talk about other things besides our two schools, and I remember that game vividly because a guy who's from our area somewhat, and I hate to do this to him, but you know he, of course, will probably always remember it, but uh, Lavelle Jordan missed two free throws where Butler was winning that game, and he doesn't make – or if he makes those shots, you know, they, Florida's done. Butler advances. So, you know, hey, that is kind of keeping it on pace, assistant coach in Michigan, now a head coach at um, – uh, where is he at now? Uh, gosh, I I keep forgetting. He's he's in the the horizon. What what team is he no coaching? Idea. Gosh, this would be that's that'd be a lab. That'd be a lab topic, I guess. But um, no, this tournament survive in advance. You got to get it done somehow. Certain things happen that are an advantage. Like people on local radio said it many times. Michigan State had a couple things happen that year that went their way to win a championship. You got to have that. You absolutely got to have that. You know, nobody wins it, and it's perfect. You know, Illinois, we're watching this game here. If they can miraculously come back and win this game, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter by how many. So, tomorrow, it doesn't matter what you do, Michigan. You got to do whatever it takes to win the game. And I do think that they have a fast track, Tyler. Because I know that I'm, I'm throwing a lot of things out here, but I don't think Alabama – I think yeah. Alabama's going to slip up. I think they're going to slip up. And, and I think they can slip up against one of our boys in Maryland. I think Maryland can beat them. I think Iona did a lot of things yesterday that, that proved, okay, Alabama's good, but, 
You know, they got issues. They still got issues. They're not great. They're not dominant. They're not Gonzaga, where Gonzaga could at any time hmm. just amazing, just fluid, right? So I, I think if they can get by tomorrow, I think this is huge for Michigan. Get by tomorrow, and you should be riding high a little bit. And I think they definitely can get to the yeah, final that, four, but look, tomorrow's I think a big that, one for uh, me. It does kind of matter how much Illinois wins by because I had him by seven. Um, <laughs> but what 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 I was yeah. saying in regards to this, well, that's, you know, just, it doesn't matter if they win by one or whatever. And yes, they beat Texas Southern and moved on, which that's all well and good. But they've not played well. They struggled against Maryland for a little bit in the Big Ten tournament. Then they go out and they lose to an Ohio State team that doesn't have their starting power for it. And probably, you know, if he were playing a guy who, uh, look, Ohio, Ohio state wins the other night, the other day against Oral Roberts, because he's, he's their energy guy. He's yeah. their rebounder. You know, he, he's that high motor guy, no matter what happens. And so it does, like I said, it doesn't matter how much you win by, but Michigan struggled there. They, uh, struggled in half the game against Maryland. They struggled in half of it against Texas Southern. They struggled against Michigan State to wrap up the season. They got dog-walked by Illinois. And we saw this, uh, you know, uh, last year where, you know, they were undefeated for a while, got off to this hot start, lost one game, and it wasn't like a complete go-off-the-rails type situation, but it wasn't a smooth ride either. And they never bounced back. Is no. this a team that, you know, they've struggled at the end of the season? Is this something where they're going to be able to come out and bounce back? Or is this a team that, look, they're going to play sloppy and they're going to need a couple of, uh, fortunate bounces from the ball to win. I, I think they need fortunate bounces. I think that the one thing they have going for them, though, is they do have good experience. I mean, I think that what they're lacking in talent, they make up for with great mm -hmm. experience. Like Smith, fifth-year guy. Brown, fifth-year guy. Brooks, four-year guy. Uh, Wagner been around long enough. Austin Davis off the bench, fifth-year guy. They, they make up for some things with experience. You know, we're looking at a Loyola team who's been around the block now, right? They've been to a Final Four. They have the experience, right? They got they a big guy that's been in the Final Four. Side. They have players that understand. <laughs> they they got they got enough experience and they know what it takes to win. The problem is, is you know, a lot of Michigan fans don't they they want to see it their way. I get it. They want to talk about a couple of years ago when they made the Final Four and and they. They snuck in and got that last second shot. That team was much more talented than this year's team. Much more talented. You know, they they had a guy like Jordan Poole who could hit shots as a freshman. They had Mo Wagner. They had uh, Abdul Rahman, who was a four-year guy and just a big-time scorer. Uh, they had Charles Matthews, who could guard multiple spots. And they had Livers, who was a really good freshman at the time. You know, they, they had a lot of guys who were much more talented than this year's team. So I think that's what's going to end up catching up to them in, in the in the end, Tyler, where as much as I love the experience, this is still a team coming into the year that I did not think was going to be great. And I think that that's why we've seen some of the things we've seen this year at the end, where they're good, very good team, 
but the margin for error is, is not huge, you know, where maybe that couple years ago, that Final Four team, they could get away with a couple things because Mo Wagner could get you a bucket whenever he wants. Hunter Dickinson is not at that level yet. He, he's very good. I, I think he needs another year, and I know that's going to cause a lot of, you know, statements from a lot of people, but at the same time, it's the truth. You know, he needs another year. He needs to get a better jump shot from outside. He's only a freshman. But, you know, look, I'm just going to say it. I, I, I'll i say I'm 50-50 on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They definitely can beat LSU. LSU is not wildly consistent. But it's an uphill battle when you need every single guy. And, and man, you know, you lose a guy like Livers, it's just really hard to make up for. And, look, Michigan State dealt with that all year. They had to make up for two guys. They were great. And it's just hard. It's just hard to make a run in an NCAA tournament when you don't have every piece you need. Yeah, and uh, like, like we said, Isaiah Livers is that piece. Um, they could ultimately get him back uh, should they make a run to the Final Four, which, you know, the way that that region is shaking out, it, I mean, it's looking like a possibility without Livers. You know, uh, it's a team that they're uh, – it's a, it's a region that's – look, it, it got a lot weaker without Texas. Let's just say that. And I think I think that it's definitely a possibility yeah. that they're able to win. Uh, you know, we'll be back um, on Tuesday. I don't think Florida is that good, by the way. I mean, I think – I think I wanted to add that real quick because if we want to talk about the whole grand scheme of things for Michigan's path, I don't think Florida State's all that. I think LSU is a lot better. I think LSU and Alabama, you know, those two teams are so similar in some ways that those are the two teams that worry me. I mean, I, I even think the way this tournament's panning out, Tyler, I mean, look, the final four could be more difficult or easier for Michigan than your second round in Elite Eight game. I mean, this is just how this tournament works. It is a tournament based on matchups. I mean, look at Florida right now. Florida might make the Sweet 16. They got Oral Roberts to get to the Sweet 16. I mean, Oral Roberts is good. I'm not knocking them. But nobody thought that was going to happen. You know, I mean, nobody thought that they were going to go out there and win. And now Florida's sitting here going, well, what the heck? You know, we got a great opportunity to make a run here. And Loyola Chicago is probably going to win this game we're watching now. And their path is like, wow, we, we could get right back to where we were a couple years ago. I mean, it's just you win a couple of these tough games early on. Like Michigan State, for gosh sakes, just beat UCLA, man. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they definitely beat Brigham Young. And then they're going to go in a game they, against a team that nobody knows about. Uh, I mean, and, unbelievable. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think that, you know, you get that one break, you get that Texas to slip up. Maybe you get Alabama to fall off before, you know, next weekend. And, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at a cakewalk and then you get Isaiah Livers back. And you're going to need him against Gonzaga. Let's just say that. What a terrible call, by the way. We're watching this game while we're talking, everyone. What a terrible call. Is the Big Ten officiating crew? I think they are in, oh, my gosh, the Big Ten is in this. There's, there's Big Bobo Ten the clown at? Oh. So, 
He's not. This is a Big Ten. Are, are group, you serious? By the way, in this game, yes, these three guys have definitely. This is definitely a Big Ten crew, and one of the worst calls I've ever seen just happen. The I'm charge! Like, oh my goodness! <laughs> well, yes. I mean, how about the no call there, Big Ten officials? You know, he didn't fall down. They played chest to chest. Let's just play on. Well, wow. how many never, times have I have never said seen that? Let me ask like you this, Tyler, because I really wanted to ask this. Right, but let me ask you this big question before we get going here. And I think this is what, what kills us in the conference. Because, look, you know how hard I've been on the Big Ten lately with these losses. I think the way it's called kills us in the end. Because it's the inconsistency of the officiating where I went nuts about almost a month ago. How I just thought that Tom Izzo was very, he, he has validated statements on how this thing's been called this year. And I think it kills us in the tournament because it's not called that way. It's not called that way in March when a ref just calls it normal. You know, it's, it's like, okay, you reach in, you grab a guy's foul. Oh, you play straight up. It's not a foul. You know, I mean, it's just, and we got the Big Ten crew here in this game. Kid drives from Loyola, gets to where he's supposed to. Illinois guy slides over, just plays straight up, and they call a charge. I mean, what is going on? I mean, is it a huge, is it killing us in the end? I mean, I know we got a great opportunity to still send a few teams to the Sweet 16, which I think we will. But, is, is my question is, do you think it hurts us? Because I think it does. I think um, it hurts us in the end, the way it's I called. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I'd say, like, what we talked about, uh, <clears throat> the style of play from these other teams. I think that that's a difference maker. You know, um, I think, you know, does it yeah. maybe – is there a call at the end of the game? Like, when you look at the uh, – when you look at the Michigan State game, you know there were there were some questionable calls at the end of that. That I mean, if if, if we're being brutally honest, there was a questionable call on. Yeah. Uh, I think Aaron Henry. Both guys were kind of slap fighting at the ball, and uh, yeah, I think that that's a yeah. situation that uh, where yes, the officiating hurt. Hurt a Big Ten team. Uh, this Illinois game, I don't think that's the case. Um, but yeah, it, I think it changes things a little bit at the end because everybody lets that go at the end of the game. You have to let that go. Um, and you know, Michigan State would have won. Yeah, they would. They would have that one call because after uh, that yeah. call was made, I think. Uh, I think the missed free throw was right after that, that Henry didn't box out on. And, yeah, he should have boxed out, and it would have been over. But, you know, so you can't 100% blame the officiating, but, yeah, you can say it changes things. But we're going to give you our predictions now, and then uh, we'll be back. I don't know. Maybe we can – what time is the game uh, tomorrow? 7 p.m. tomorrow, so we'll be back. 7 p.m. tomorrow, Michigan on and CBS. And we will uh, we'll give you our reaction <laughs> to that and uh, Michigan's potential, you know, road to the Final Four is uh, 
to get about halfway there, or maybe we're wrapping up the season for him. Um, you know, either way, it could happen. Uh, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? I think LSU is going to win. I, I think what they do a really good job of is going to hurt us tomorrow. Uh, I think that Thomas is, is going to be the best player on the floor by far. I think they're incredibly athletic. I think they get second chance points that we just can't give up. And they shoot the ball so well from outside. And I think that they'll be able to pressure more than they're accustomed to because, you know, Wagner is not a great speed guy. I think they'll put pressure on him and, and contain him because I think he's going to be end up being the key. If Franz Wagner does play really well, I think they'll win. But, you know, I, I think he's the guy that has to step up for the absence. As much as we talk about Brandon Johns, really, it's it's guys like Wagner. Like, he has to have a big game when you're getting close to 20 you know, points or something like that. Uh, but, no, I think LSU is too talented. I think they're, uh, they're going to win. I think they've been playing well, too. They started figuring it out. Uh, that's a pro team, as Tyler would say. Um, you know, and, and they got pro athletes, and, and I think they get it done. And uh, I, I'm really nervous for the Big Ten. This is not looking good. Illinois is about to lose here. And uh, Wisconsin's on deck, and they're going to run into a Baylor team who's just so good. And I would love to see Wisconsin get the upset, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're not only going to be talking about the end of our Michigan season, I think we're going to yeah. be going to be talking about the end of our Big Ten season. Uh, this is just uh, not looking well with the matchups. I think Maryland's the one team we got to look at. I think they could definitely upset Alabama. Um, but really, it's coming out. Iowa is my only hope, really. <laughs> Iowa, I'm like so pulling. You know how I yeah. am, Tyler. You know, I got to have my couple teams in the back pocket. Iowa's like been one of my favorite teams, and, and I really hope Iowa can finally uh, get over that hump. So that will be interesting. But, no, I do think Michigan loses tomorrow and uh, the end of the season comes. And, hey, very good season still. But yeah, absence of livers with, uh, is just too much for me to pick I'm going with Michigan. You know, them winning. Uh, Mike Smith, I think, is just too uh, big of a piece. That I think that that pressure – I think he's he's not the most athletic guy. He, athletically, he can't hang with LSU, period. That being said, he's smart enough to uh, – hang with them and I think he's smarter than them and I think that that's going to be the difference uh, you know I've got a little surprise in my back pocket as well I have a Big Ten team uh, obviously okay look my bracket shot so I don't know how much you want to take this because I had Illinois winning the whole thing but <laughs> but I had Rutgers in the Elite Eight <laughs> they didn't get past Houston tonight you know you have you have a good big in Miles Johnson um, yeah, you have a good wing and baby Harper. You have a good point guard in Geo Baker, um, a point guard who's not going to try to throw it around the back of a defender. Um, like I'm watching with this Illinois game, but you have you have those three quality pieces. Which yeah, okay, I get it. That's the reason why I freaking picked LSU. But you saw how bad that lack of a point guard hurt Michigan State. You have to have a quality point guard. And look, Frazier's a quality point guard. Corbello's a good backup point guard. Yeah. That's fine. You know, back those types of point 
good point guards can still lose, but they're also the reason why teams make it as far as they do. And um, I think Geo Baker is incredibly yeah. underrated. Uh, last this year, I, you know, everyone kind of expected him to go off, and instead it was Harper who did. And when you watch, but when you watch him play, he still makes the plays down the stretch that are necessary. Uh, you throw Johnson in there as well. Oh, he's not the most, he's not that Kofi Coburn, Hunter Dickinson, Luca Garza, you know, just pretty much list off all the big ten big men that you can. You know, he's not those types of guys, but he's a type who I think can, like I said, style of play is a big deal. Stylistically, he can kind of throw some things in there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Rutgers make a run. That being said, I think, I think, I think Smith is smart enough to avoid uh, collapsing against some of the pressure from LSU, some of the athleticism. I think he's under control enough to have a great game. He's been Michigan's – he's been Michigan's best player lately. He really has been. You know, Dickens – Livers is the best player. Dickinson's going to be the biggest uh, collegiate star. You know, Wagner's probably, Wagner might be the best pro. Mike Smith is playing the best right now, and you need to have that point guard playing the best. And so I think Michigan's going to win the game, even though I picked LSU in all of my brackets, more or less on wishful thinking. <laughs> because I know that is a game that Michigan can lose. How about Loyola? How about Loyola? Can we shout out, you, can we shout out Loyola again? School? Look, I'm a mid-major guy. You know how I feel about this. You know, hey, by the way, we we did beat Loyola in, uh, when I was at Western Michigan, by the way. We went to their place and won. But Sister, Sister Jean was still around, though. We're team. old. We're not that but, uh, Sister Jean was still No, this is, uh, this is – yeah. <laughs> She was around still. I don't know if she was in attendance. But also, another, another shout-out, I, I think uh, a Valentine kid is coaching at Loyola. I'm almost positive. I may be wrong here. I'm just looking at their staff or their bench. And uh, the other yeah. Valentine kid, I believe, is coaching yeah, yeah, yep. You'd have Drew, to check on Drew that. Valentine is there. And, I, know he was uh, I think that's how they ended up with – is it Braden, I think, was the last name of the kid? Uh, for Loyola, their, their point guard, he is an Oakland transfer. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Valentine made a phone call um, to pull him in. So, so. Yeah, well, so, he's doing a great yeah, job. Yeah. Valentine yeah, is, is going to be—he's going to be that Dwayne Stevens level assistant. And I know you dog Dwayne Stevens. Look, Draymond said Dwayne, Dwayne Stevens is like deserves a pro job as soon as humanly possible. And Draymond knows the game as well as anybody. Obviously, he got some of it from uh, DJ there. So I think that uh, look, I, I think Valentine can turn into one of those types of guys and can have a very, very successful uh, coaching career. Obviously, it runs in his family. His, uh, brother's a, his, his brother's a pretty good basketball player. And, uh, yep. you know, his dad was too. So, yep. yep father. Carlton Valentine. Yeah. Yep. Because father played Michigan so, State, uh, obviously, look, has been coaching and in that's the Lansing. The thing is they're just a smart yep. basketball family. So, yeah, and so, I think uh, – I think I think he's going to do big things as we're wrapping up, but uh, we are going to get going. We will talk to you on Tuesday to talk about the result of the Michigan LSU game. Um, I have to throw my shot in. I have to. 
I think it'd be hilarious if Dwan Howard loses to a team that is paying a player. I think that's absolutely. I I I, I just think that'd be absolutely fun. <laughs> just this yeah. Big ironic. I'm not going that route, but go Badgers. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, but go uh, we'll, obviously, like I said, we'll break it down. Win or lose on Tuesday, and then we'll. Uh, then we will. I mean, look, football's coming up too. Spring football starts in two days for Michigan State. Uh, we're not going to dive too much into that while Michigan's still alive. And we'll wrap up our basketball season when the time is appropriate. If it's Tuesday, if it's the first Tuesday in April, you know, we'll 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 talk about that then, and then we'll turn our attention to uh, the gridiron a little bit in spring games. And all that fun stuff that comes with it. But that does it for us. I'm Trouble with the Snap Podcast. For Jeremy File, I'm Tyler Hayward.